Yeah, you know, um, uh, Michelle, I was just telling Michelle about the um, the food service that I'm doing, uh, that they deliver it to the house. That's the big one that really started the craze in LA. Is it really? In LA, I'm, yeah. We're not going to say their name because they're not a sponsor. I know but- Leah uses them too. And she doesn't use it for any kind of weight management. She uses it because she wants food in the house at all times. And it's convenient. You yeah. know, I, I think I pay, it ends up being about 50 bucks a day. Right. And then uh, the other one I was using before, it's about $60 a day. Right. And the other one I used before, all the foods are taste alike like this cafeteria taste i'm gonna say that i used to use one called zone diet delivery remember when the zone was popular? i remember yes yeah and that was the i think the first food delivery it. service uh, uh-huh. it was in new york city yeah and uh that was the problem for me it was like it all started to taste the same and it was like right. the same snacks and i don't eat beef so it was mm-hmm. like that limited it even more yeah so um the one you're using that Leah uses, I find the um, there's choices. A, there's a truck backing up. It's coming to get you. me. Yeah, it's coming uh-huh. to get me. yeah. Um, uh, she, she uses that. She uses it it's, just to have food pretty, in the house. The thing is, if you look in the fridge, um, uh, there's so much food. I can't eat it all. And the and you sh- Michelle was just commenting that I had lost weight. Yeah, it's because I'm eating all the time. So my body's saying, "Oh, this this bitch is not trying to starve us. So we could try to let go of some of this weight." Only their foods, though. Only their foods. Now, when I went to I uh, went to lunch with someone yesterday, and I had a salad, you know, a crab salad sa- salad, mm-hmm. and I st- I stick to what they would normally serve me, but um, I eat all the time. But I I you know, it's three meals and two snacks. I you said salad, it and it makes me want to have healthy ka. Yeah. Oh yeah, healthy ka down in uh, North Hollywood, That's, which is so oh, good. Yeah. You know what? Somebody, um, a friend of mine, pointed out to me that I don't say. Uh, the word milk. I say no, you milk. Say milk, but that's very common. Is it black folk? Is it black? Black folk. It's also country folk. Uh huh. Um, M e l k. But that's there's the same people that say milk say eggs instead of egg. Oh, you know. Oh, wait a minute. There's a difference. There's a difference. <laughs> the word is not so egg. I, uh, okay, egg. It's egg. Do you say egg or do you say egg? Um, scrambled eggs. Eggs. <laughs> is that? Say it again. Eggs. No, you say egg. But there's a lot of people that will say milk. I say, say milk. Yeah. It's an I. But it's milk. It's milk. It's milk. Ill. Oh, my goodness. Like you be ill. And when my friend pointed that out, yeah. I had never realized that. Really? No. Oh, there's lots of fun memes of you saying milk. You're kidding. On the interwebs. Oh, dear. It's hilarious. No, it's milk with an I. Are your lips bigger? No. I was so. It's so funny. When I was drawing them on today, and uh-huh. it, you did a meme on Twitter or something, Yesterday or two days ago, saying you overdraw your lips to account for the disdain, whatever it was. Yes. But as I put it as I put it on today, I was cracking up because I was like, "Ooh, girl, mm-hmm. she went in today." Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So they, they you, remind me of that Do you have a little picture. extra filler, dental work? Do you have a little extra um, maybe dental? Maybe a little. Since I saw you last, yeah. Because I haven't seen you in what three weeks? Um, when's two the weeks? last time I saw you? I don't know. No months. Is it no really? Months? I went to South America. I know you went to South America. Yeah. Um, but. I, I may have seen the dentist. Oh, so yeah. my lips, you know, I do overdraw them uh-huh. to compensate. If I wiped it off, I'd show you. Right. It's not, you know, I always, and we've talked about this on the podcast, with with filler, with lips, I always want to go big or go home. I do too. I always do too. My, my, my dentist says, you've had enough. Mine won't do it. She won't do. Mine won't do it I either. don't do more than ever half a syringe. My mouth, I want to take, I want it all. I want to yeah. look like Amanda Lepore. Yeah. Me too. But your mouth at least is a little wider than mm-hmm, mine. Mm-hmm. Mine's really small. Mm. So 
Um, in my head, I want them to be huge, and yeah. she just won't do it. I yeah. can probably find somebody to like Raven's person, uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. but my girl won't do it. So, um, and my body also. And this is new to me. My body sucks up hyaluronic acid. So if I get my lips done, and I usually do it when we're filming, mm-hmm. um, they last for at the most a month and a half. Really? At the most. It's That's funny because, you know, the uh, I did it a couple of times years ago, and there are still remnants uh, left in my lips. Alaska right? did it once and never had to do it again. You're kidding. Adora had to take hers out. Right. So point is, it reacts differently on different... Mine yeah. doesn't last. Botox does not work on me. It does, doesn't? It does not work. I have to use Dysport, which is like the same thing, but a different company. Mm-hmm. So I found that what works in my uh, lips is a product called Volor. Volor. Not Voluma. Not, no, Voluma's for your face. Yeah. Not for your... I haven't gone there yet. Uh-huh. Not for your lips. Volor. Vobella is another... Um, oh. In that line. Yeah. Well, vo- vo- Vobella, Volift, and Volor. Oh, now, now I'm thinking of Botero. That's different. Because that's for fine lines around. This is a filler like like a Restylane or a Juvederm, a different yeah. brand. But Velour lasts the longest in my body. Now, I tell you, I've been trying this for years mm-hmm. in my lips and mm-hmm. nothing takes. Mm-hmm. Velour lasts. It lasted like six months for me. Wow. Which is huge and it's worth What do you have the in money. there now? Velour. Uh-huh. Velour, I just got it done. But again, she didn't even use the whole half a syringe because there was still in from the last time. Did she do- donate the rest of it to charity? Oh, she's holding it. Oh, she's holding it for you. Just in case. She's putting it on hold just in case another, yeah, the, the other set of lips. Season 11 rolls around. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. So she can hold it. I wonder how she long it lasts. It. Um, it lasts longer the than they'll hold it for because a lot of people will say, oh, we only hold it for four weeks or whatever. Yeah. She'll hold it because she's. I've been going to her for a while. Right. She, so I do the disport instead of. And the thing is, I'm so picky with it because I don't want to be frozen because my eyebrows are so expressive mm-hmm. on the show. Mm-hmm. I like to have the use of my eyebrows, so I don't use a lot. You know how much it costs me to get my my disport, like my Botox, Mm-mm. my entire face, mm. whatever I get done, which is not a lot. Mm. It costs me two hundred dollars. You're kidding. That's how little I get. Can, can, maybe, can we stop the tape and go That's there now? That's how little I get. It's because I don't get a lot. Really? I get like 50 units. I've been doing... Oh, 50 units. Because I've been doing... Oh, I'm not good with numbers. I I see a four and a zero. 40. 40. Is it could be 40 cc's? No, it would be units. Botox? 40, yeah, Botox. It would be yeah. units. Yeah. So I get 40 in my four. And I've, had, I've been getting Botox for about 20 years. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but so. I go light so I can move a little bit. That's why it doesn't cost. I do like... The bunny lines on my nose. Uh-huh. I don't have any around my eyes. Oh, that's not an issue. Oh my and god! My forehead. I saw uh, a, a tape of us on the judges panel. This hasn't been on the air yet, so I'll keep it uh, uh, spoiler free. Okay. Where you say um, something to me, and they kept it in the cut. Oh no! You, they said that one word that I'm not going to say. Okay. I'm going to mouth it to you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I. <laughs> Lose it. Now, of course, I'm trying to keep my face still so nothing pops. And they kept it in the cut? They kept it in the cut. But you can see that Angelina Jolie um, vein down my forehead. Because my forehead is not moving. But the vein's popping out? The vein is (laughs) popping. And I'm trying... I'm saying, shut up, Uh shut up. And, uh, you know, and because I don't want to make my face move too much because things will pop out. Right. Things will come undone. The intricate uh, pulley, pulley system. And system yeah. of pulley and weights. Yeah. And, uh, but it is hilarious. Oh my God, I can't wait. It, I think it's, I don't. That's season 10. It's season 10. Yeah. Because, yeah. oh, that whole scene, uh, we're not going to say the word. No, out, no, but no. Girl. Dying. Girl. <laughs> 
because it, it's in the first episode. It's also in the second. Oh, no, it was a thread. It's a thread. Yeah. I think the one they're talking about is in the fifth episode okay. where um, you start doing it to me and I say, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> so funny. It's an instant laugh. Yeah. People will get it. So you were in South Carolina. Nope. <laughs> Close, but America. South, South America. America. Yeah. You were down there with how many girls? I was down there with. Work the, work the World? Work the World Tours. Yeah. Peppermint, it was Kimchi, Violet, Shangela. Um, uh, who am I What missing? made this tour different than what? what Kennedy. You? Wait, I got to remember them all because uh, they're going to yeah. uh, scream at me. Yeah. Um, Shishi? No, no, no. Nope. Uh, I'm just looking down the line. Dela. Seeing faces. No. Uh, uh. Um, detox. Uh-huh. I said Kimchi. I think that was it. Who am I missing? Mm. Um, I got to think of the countries because they all represent countries. Vivacious? No, or, not, Ornatia? No. No. no uh. Not Ornatia. Uh, um, Magnolia Crawford? No. No. I think she retired from drag. Uh. What about um, um, Phoenix? No. No. These are all great guesses. Alyssa real. Summers? No. I love her. Uh-huh. No. But I think... Um, I think for the most part. Yeah. And so everybody. how many weeks were you down there? And then you then you went to Ireland. Two weeks. No, I'm going to Ireland next week. Really? Yeah. I thought you were in Ireland. No, no. I was... No, I don't think. No, uh-huh. no, 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 no. Just in South America, which was amazing for me. It was my first time. Really? It's my first time going to Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires, I get to see everywhere that Evita was. Uh-huh. So it was a moment for me from the minute I got how there. How many cities too. in South America? We did... Um, we did... Oh, here we go. Detox, Kennedy, Kimchi, <clears throat> Peppermint, Shangela, Valentina, and Violet. I see. Yeah. We, uh. we did Buenos Aires in Argentina, Santiago, Chile, Lima, Peru, Sao Paulo, Rio, Oh, my goodness. And she went Porto to Rio? Alegre, Brazil. Yeah. Wow. It was my first time there, too. Did you guys have security guards? Because, you know, when I went down there the first time, they had loads of security guards for us because they were afraid for us to, we might get kidnapped or well, something. Well, Rio's um, going through a bunch of turmoil yeah. right now. So, yeah, we had security in all the cities. And you didn't go out venturing off on your own? I mean, I didn't. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, I'm very much, I do my show and go back to the hotel. The girls did. They did. Oh, honey, trust me, the drunken adventures the next morning carried uh... on. Showed up drunk, continued yeah. to go. Now, when you were in touring as a kid, did you do that stuff? Never. Never did it. I only got trade. Yeah. And and did that thing. Yeah. But I was never a partier. I never liked... I think this is my theory. I think I started so young with going to clubs and doing that whole nightlife. I was burnt out by the mm-hmm. time I was 21, 22. And that was really time for me to hone in on my career mm-hmm. and focus I didn't have time for that shit, so yeah. I didn't do that. But the girls did it, yeah. and it was um, it was very much fun for them. Yeah, um, good. But it, we had a really good time, and what I loved was the they the passion of the audiences in South America. Rue, oh my god! Is it, it compared? How does it compare to the Passion of the Christ? Well, on par, mm-hmm. minus the whipping, on par. Okay, all right. It was amazing. The love, I mean, the, we did two shows in Buenos Aires. We did two shows in in um, Sao Paulo, the last one. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. the last one. Um, was it p- pandemonium? It was pandemonium. Mm-hmm. I have videos I'll send to you. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll show you. But it was like, we were Lady Gaga in that moment. Uh-huh. We were Madonna in that moment. Like, we we had to have security to get to the, the bus. Right. 
it was beautiful is and the bus, amazing. Is the bus still running? It always still running. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, did and did you throw anybody under the bus? Many times. It's, uh-huh. I mean, hello. It's yeah. what I do. Right. Was Rosa Parks on that um, bus? She yeah. was. Uh-huh. But I. Who would be? Who was the Rosa Parks of the tour? It, I mean, you don't have to answer that. <laughs> do you see me thinking? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> me. I always went to the front of the bus. Okay. Just All because right. I like to be first one on, first one off. Yeah. Which really doesn't work because when you're the first one on, your suitcase goes to the back. Right. So you end up waiting the whole time and your sure. suitcase is the last one taken off. Yeah. But it was a great group of girls. Um, they all like to work. They like their partying, but they like to work. Mm-hmm. Seeing us get around with a language barrier was hilarious and fun. Right, because they speak Portuguese. In Brazil, In yeah. Brazil, but in... in uh... The other ones were Spanish. I can get by with that. Uh-huh. But in Brazil... They really didn't even care that they didn't speak English. So then I'd say English. They'd be like, no. And then we were fucked. Yeah. So we'd look at each other like, okay. Uh-huh. Well, they're at an impasse here. Yeah. Because I don't know what to say. Well, so that's when you pull out the dirty charades. That and, go, and the Google uh-uh, Translate. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> and they say, seem. Uh-huh. <laughs> so... It was really fun to be able to experience it. I haven't and, been down there in years. Oh, I, I haven't been know. down there. I, the last time I was in Brazil was 06. I didn't realize how much you had done with your music touring wise yeah yeah you did a lot more than seduction ever did well the, you know the thing is um I, that's how i made the mortgage and in all those years before drag race and you know that's what i did for money and uh, all over the world all over the world you name it i've been there doing it yeah well i you did it because every time i mention a place you're like oh i've been there been uh-huh. there yeah. that's amazing it was the first time for me and, and i'm glad i was um of the age to appreciate it yes because yeah. it was f- phenomenal, and the kids were amazing, and brought me gifts and food and mm. things that I had never experienced before, and I brought all these chocolates home to my girls. And they let you bring chocolate back. Yeah, into they the just country? can't. They don't let you bring like plants and like yeah. meat and huh. things like that. But right. it was really no livestock. No livestock. I uh-huh. tried to smuggle a chicken. I got caught. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it was really fun and amazing. And your show is is touching many, many lives out there. And it's so important for these kids. And even these kids and even local drag queens that would show up or open up for us at these acts, they were amazing. Mm -hmm. We went to a place um, called The Workroom. I don't know if I texted you. It was a bar. Mm. Oh, I saw that. It was amazing. It was in Brazil. It was a bar that had different drinks and food items named after the the legendary girls of our show. Right. Correct. But it it was small. Long mm-hmm. and thin. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind that. Me neither. Mm-hmm. I mean, it works for me. Yeah. And it was modeled after the workroom. So it was all exposed brick. Yeah. The mirror was there and people were writing lipstick messages. Oh my god! And it was so important to them and so lovely. That was in Porto Alegre. Yeah. And that was, I did go out that night. There was the one night I, I went out. We uh-huh. went out after, um, it was a night off. We went to the Brazilian steakhouse and they just were bringing meat upon meat upon meat yeah. to your table. Yeah. And then after that, it was early and the local girls were putting on a show for us at the workroom. Uh-huh. So I think it was like, I don't know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock. So we went and saw their show and it was phenomenal. See, when you say local girls, I think of Angel 3, the movie, the final chapter. Do you remember with, the Angel movies? With uh, Jessica Alba? No, she oh, that's was. Dark no, Angel. That's Dark Angel. Yeah. This was a, a, a series of um, a movies. In the, no, no, in the movies in the 80s. Um, it was, uh, the, I think... The second one was probably Avenging Angel. Angel was a high school student who supplemented her income on Hollywood Boulevard dating gentlemen. I want to watch yeah, those. Yeah. They're brilliant. 
So but, what happened on the third one? Well, the third and final chapter is brilliant. It has the line, you said... She um, keeping her baby? No. You said something about the local, local girls. Local girls. Right. But there's a famous line in the movie that Maud Adams, you know, uh, she was the she was a Bond girl twice. She was a yes. huge yes. model. Yes. Huge supermodel. And then she w- went gorgeous. into movies. Gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah. She's, all, she's in... Um, um, the Man with the Golden Gun, and she plays Octopussy in the Bond movie. Of course she does. But after Octopussy, she did the final chapter of Angel, I believe, and uh, she has the one. She has the line where she captures Angel and is going to ship her off to India. So she says the line to Angel. She says, "Angel, um, enjoy the scenery while you can, Angel, because in a few days you'll be on your back." In a whorehouse in Calcutta, fucking the locals for fish heads and rice. Yes! Is that the best line? Whatever happened to, to Angel? Angel, she got her revenge. She did put everyone away. Because what happens is, Angel um, did that, and then she, I, I didn't see the first one. Maybe she died, or a friend of hers died. So she decides to go undercover as a prostitute to avenge her friend's death and get the bad people who've done this. But I think, if you ask me, I think Angel actually enjoyed the the process a little too much. Who played Angel? I don't... There were two Angels. The last Angel... Um, the producer's looking it up. There were two angels. I'm not trilogy. Is it an angel trilogy? That's the, the the DVD pack that you can buy now, Avenging Angels. But you said locals, and anytime someone says the word locals, local girls, I think of Angel. Was it a book series? I don't think it was a book series. It's a film. Oh from, no, no, from the '80s, right? Yeah. Susan Tyrell. Susan, no, Susan Tyrell is not uh, Angel. Susan Tyrell is a fabulous actress. Who? Uh, uh, yeah. It's from the eighties. Yeah, but Susan Tyrell was in it. But Susan Tyrell was this fabulous actress who oh, died. Oh, here a few we go. Oh, she's an honor student, Donna Wilkes. Donna Wilkes, that's right. She's an honor student by she, day but, and a Hollywood hooker by night. But Donna Wilkes didn't play her throughout the series. I think the first time it was Susan in Tyrell her. played her mother. I think Wait, what? Betsy Russell. Betsy Russell played her the first time. The no. Time. Oh, the, the second time. The first time was Donna Wilkes. Oh, Donna Wilkes the first time. Who played her? The, yeah, that's her. That's Donna Wilkes. Who played Angel the Hot. first time? Well, because they age out of the role. You age out of the role. Yeah. Um, the third Angel was... There's, there's four Angel movies. 1984, What? There's four real? Angel movies? Yeah. There's one called Angel 4 Undercover. Ooh, Angel under- 4 Undercover. I know what cover she was under. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, now I I'm going to have to watch these. These are... Mitzi Capture. Mitzi who? Capture. Mitzi Capture. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's the fourth angel. I'll have to look for that. That's the third angel. That's the third. Oh, so who's the fourth angel? You've got a computer there. Why is it taking you so long? I don't know if he's looking up the right buzzwords. Are you looking... Are you on IMDb? IMD who? IMD who? What? Uh, Yeah. The angel movies are fantastic. So local... So the local girls came in. And just let me ask you this before we go to break. Why are you wearing a sailor's hat? Oh, well, first of all, everybody loves Fleet Week. Uh-huh. Yeah. Second of all... Are you talking Fleet Enemas, right? Duh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ahoy, boys. Uh-huh. Second of all, my hair is so gray. Oh, really? That I had to cover it. And I thought, who would better appreciate my swarovski sailor hat? <laughs> Than, than me you. and Latoya Jackson. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So that's the answer. I to love that. it. I love it. <laughs> you know, I love a nautical look. It's so bad, Rue. My gray is so bad, but I'm I'm getting ready to go film the finals in Ireland. Uh huh. So I have to c- color my hair because it grows gray literally in a week. 
So I have to do it the day before I leave. I see. Yeah. Right. It's that bad. So it's a hat story. So you are the Rosa Parks of the tour. In some ways, uh-huh. only, you know, I, I she's she's a hero and I'm just a gray-haired biddy. I see. So, right. You were going to say something, producer, about something. About, about what? The fourth, the fourth Angel movie. Angel 4? Yeah. yeah. Angel 4. Straight to DVD? Darlene Vogel? Dar- Darlene, Darlene Vogel. Vogel is the fourth one. Yeah. Okay. Okay, great. That's good to know. I'll remember that. I wonder if you can get it on demand. It's, it's you know, there's, mm. there were so many of those 80s trashy... The Poison Ivies. The, and... uh, the, um, the Canon films, Globus, Glo- I can't say their name. They were these Israeli producers, Globus, Golem, Globus. Okay. And they owned Canon films, and then there were the... Golem, the, wasn't he in Lord of the Rings? He was also in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, but they had all, they, they did all the, I think, the Death Wish movies. Oh, yeah, which, are, which is back. back. Yeah, and they did so many I just saw things. Annihilation. With Natalie oh, Portman. With Natalie Portman. Yeah. You went to a movie theater to see it? I did. We what? we actually one word. You know the word. Why I go to a movie theater. Oh, we discussed children? This. No, we discussed this. What is oh the popcorn. It's popcorn. Yeah, yeah. See, that's why I can't go. Right. So when you go, you know what you're gonna do. I know yeah, but you, does do the kernels get stuck in your teeth and then abscess and then you have an infection? No. I they do with me. I bring flosser sticks with me all the time. Oh, you know what I love? And they're not a sponsor, but I just got um, for New York and here in LA um the portable water picks that you could take in, in the shower with you. Portable? Yeah, you charge it up. Right. It's a water pick. Does it have a little container that you put yes, water? Yes, you put water <gasps> in it. But the thing is, I, I've always had water picks. Yeah, no, they're great. Storyline. Yeah. But you have to keep them on the counter of yes. your bathroom. And they're big. And they're big and they're bulky. And, you know, I, imagine us doing an infomercial where, where the people are going, they're big and they're bulky and the people are going, yeah. <laughs> in the audience, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Oh, no. Ew. Or somebody's doing an example and they're like, <laughs> I've fallen and I can't get up. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, that's, and I do, and I, I've always loved my water picks, but now, they have a portable water, they're not a sponsor, a portable water pick that I highly recommend uh, that you charge up and the charge lasts for a long time. I put my Listerine in, uh, my mouthwash yeah, in there. Yeah, right. I already said it. And um, there, have you, you know what um, Paradex is? It's no. something, it's, you need a prescription for it, but it's a, a highly blah, blah dental rinse. wash. Rinse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's called Paradex. And okay. I put that in there. Yeah. No, but I love water picks. I have one, but they yeah. are very bulky and very cumbersome. Didn't didn't know about the um portable the portable one. one. Yeah. So now I'm my gonna dentist me told me. But anyway, when you go to the movie theaters, if you bring the dental floss, the I'll little bring, the little bring, picks. I'll bring my portable. But you're dead. all of a sudden the movie's going. We're like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine? Well, that would serve those MFs right who are in there texting and doing and doing their taxes. True, you know. We we th- go to the Sinopolis, which has like what the, did you call me? Sinopolis, bitch! Uh-huh. It has the lounging chairs where you can lay oh, down and you push the button. They come. You and pay a little extra. That's it, and it's full uh-huh. service. There's not a lot of seats. Ooh, There's so a it's full service. So you mean Angel must be up in there, bitch? All Angel is in there. <laughs> they got alcohol up in that shit. It's a party. Okay, for twenty one fifty a seat, it should be. Yeah, but, see, that's the fifth sequel. Reclining Angel. <laughs> Reclining Angel. Oh my God. That's a great title. Yes. I love it. It makes me want to go back to the movie. Yes. Okay, so we're going to go to break. Who do we have coming up? Matt 
Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh. I love him. Love. You know, I'm not going to say it in front of him, but you know, I have a yes. thing about redheads. Yes, I know. You know, you I do. do. He's also v- everything about him. Yeah. If anybody knows you, well, yeah. the way that I know you, yeah. everything about him screams your type. I love him. I yeah. love him. Now, do you have a thing about redheads? No. What do you do? You, can you art, can you articulate what that is? The the redhead that I love is the redhead from Game of Thrones. He was like the big wilding guy oh i know that guy yes oh yeah he because he's in fast and the furious the last and he's also tall yes and that long hair that beard he's got a series of commercials for some some uh, hotel thing or something he is so sexy what's What's his his name name? tormund on the show what's his name in real life what's his name he's hot as fuck he's gonna tell us he can get it sideways do you have a wi-fi connection because you're taking so long (laughs) to click on this stuff he's heterosexual Uh uh-huh that's our producer. He's taking forever to get Chris, the info. Christopher Hivju. Good. Okay. Yeah. Clear your throat. Christopher Hivju. Hivju. H I V. Okay. Let me. Let me. Let me just. Let me just fix that. Yeah. H I V J U. Uh huh. He's Norwegian. He's Norwegian. Yes. He's yes. Norwegian. Yes. He yes. is. Oh, and, and, and he's and he's redhead. He's super ginger, for through and through. Bitch, she could uh, get it. Oh my, all goodness. ginger biscuits. Oh yes. Up okay, and down. we're gonna be back with Matt Walsh after this. Break. Okay. Squarespace girl, Squarespace is the place to go for one-stop website creating. Yep, making a website has never been easier. We've been talking about this for what four years now. Four years, and we mean it because they're amazing. You can make gorgeous websites in minutes using their beautiful templates that are already laid out. All you have to do is choose one, and that drag and drop platform. I mean, it's fun for us to say, yes, but it actually is really easy. Yeah, and so many satisfied customers. Everybody who writes to us is so in love with this program, and there's a reason for it, Rue. So when you guys are ready to purchase a plan get 10% off with the offer code RU that's squarespace.com offer code RUE Matt Walsh is with us Michelle Yay! and you, know, you just started V I'm at season 4 season 4 I mean I, that's not just starting it but I, I'm binging it on HBO now okay and um, yeah it's it's literally and this I'm gonna admit to something but um, there are genius writers on TV and <clears throat> then there are Veep writers. Yes. Wow. Because because I think season four, Matt, is the one with the episode called Mother with Alec Hayek. Yeah, I haven't gotten there yet. Uh, I, we won't, I won't talk about it. Okay. Uh-huh. Are the writers Peter Alexander and Alec uh, Peter Hayek? And Ale- Peter Hayek and Alex, uh, Alec, yes, Peter and Alec, yeah. Yes. Brooke, uh, that's the, the, an amazing episode. The I'm a just, mother episode. It was actually nominated for an Emmy. Emmys. You've been nominated for two Emmys for this show. Thank you for bringing that up. It is, <laughs> How it many have is, you been nominated for? Two and he won two. You have two? Yeah. Well, you know. Thank you for slumming it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and you? Any, any oh, Emmy no, I just, I'm tagging along for the ride. Coat we were tales? nominated for, yeah, I'm a great coattail writer. Me too. We, um, <laughs> we were nominated for best reality show this year, so. Oh, congratulations. We, we lost show. to The Voice, but we were nominated. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. But this, this episode, Mother, in fact, after the episode, I saw the episode, I wrote down the writers' names on a piece of paper so I could remember them. Yeah. Because it They're is. Brilliant. Now, when you're reading a script like that, uh, you've been in the business for a long time. Do you know that it's that good or does it do you have to get, do it before you go oh my god this is really good well without spoiler for her yeah, I'll try to speak vague but yeah. that is one in the room where it was a momentous event for Julia's character Selena it's like oh my god and then the way they handled that momentous event was so funny oh my god. so yes I knew when we table read that for the very first time I'm like this is a really special episode like when she first becomes president or she gets to you know 
there are certain episodes that come uh-huh. in that you feel it in the room, and that also the mother episode was one of them. So yes, in that case, we knew it was going to be an amazing. Episode. I'm on right. so I'm in episode eight of season four. I just finished Mommy Meyer, so okay, that, uh. I'm about to get in there. And is is mother in season four? I think it's five. <clears throat> okay, okay, I think it's five. Yeah, yeah. Now you're a writer yourself. Yes, I am. And so, um, um, what do you think makes something really good? Is it is it the the uh, the the emotion behind it as the writer, you know, packing into it your own experience or is it just flat out skill? What do you think it is? I think good writers uh, for comedy. I think it's just that thing you have. You're funny. Like ultimately you have to understand what's funny and you have to have this intuitive like sense of really good comedy. And I think for like crap on the craft side of it, I think you have to structure things in amazing ways that they pay off and they they deliver slowly and you're not like you never leave that sort of wavelength of believability if you will mm-hmm. so i think that's the other sensibility that you need to require and uh i, I ultimately think it's like a ton of hard work and and just having that knack so yeah because you know what you guys is that do, a good answer it's a good it feels answer. like a pat it feels like a boring answer but, Sorry. but what you guys do on this show i mean this show is like veep is like no other show i i it, it I'm confused as to how you're able to get that on film. And is there a big element of improv, since I know that that's what your background is, but there's a lot of it that feels too too real to be scripted. Exactly. There's a lot of effort that goes into making the show feel sloppy, but ultimately when we film it, it's completely scripted. But what we've done, Armando Iannucci created the show. Mm-hmm. He had wrote the first four years, and then Dave Mandel, when the show moved from Baltimore to Paramount here, uh, Dave Mandel took it over and it was all American writers. So the first four years was Armando and a bunch of his British apostles. You know, he had a bunch of great uh, home run writers from England. And then when the show you mean moved- England. England, yes. <laughs> England. England. Yes. You say England? England, yes. Uh-huh. <sighs> Thank you for correcting yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, in America, when we, or excuse me, when the American writers took it over in season five, which you're not at yet. No. Dave Mandel also assembled assembled a murderer's row of amazing writers. So, uh, with Peter Hike and the other one, were they yes. always there? No, they came in season five. I so see. they're part of the American team. So we had a great uh, British writing staff or England uh-huh. uh, writing staff, uh-huh. and then we had a great American writing. staff. I literally staff. Yeah. write down cuts to use on Drag Race or in life, like Jolly Green Jizz Face will forever. Yeah, be I love yeah. that one. That one was of my really favorite. Good. Uh, there was also Not So Bismol. Um, <laughs> That for for uh, Jonah for the that well they... everything's Jonah gets all the slams yeah 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 but you get your share of them too and somebody mentioned one to me yesterday like it's like you you basically pulled your dick out at a funeral <laughs> they reminded me of that one and the other one I remember which was so offensive but so the funny. dick at the funeral I think is just the episode I just watched yeah because you were talking and uh, D- D- Lori Hugh Lori was saying, um, you know, the contradictory to what you were going to yeah. say to uh, the press. Uh, yeah. And, and that's what they said. It was the, <laughs> it, it's brilliance all around. But the point is, I literally write down the cut, the cut, the cut downs. Yeah. No, I'm use. trying to think of some of the great ones that I still remember. One was like, there was like this whole thing about Selena had done something wrong about the AIDS movement or she disregarded them or something. So she walked into a meeting and she was being attacked by reporters she knew nothing about about the AIDS crisis or about this AIDS charity. And then she walks out and she grabs me because I'm the press secretary. And she's like, where did all this, how did this whole AIDS thing start? And I'm like, I think some guy fucked a monkey. Yes. (laughs) When I read that on the page, the ability to say that 
with a straight I'm face. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy oh, to have yeah. that line. Yeah. And there was another one. Mike got to call Siri and say, uh, uh, "Siri, why does God allow suffering?" Oh my god. There are certain lines I get to say that I. Just... Is it Ken? Is that the character's name? Ken. Kent. Kent. No, um, the uh, the he's oh, brilliant. The, the oh, bigger guy, the uh, older guy, the balding guy. Ben. Right. Oh, yeah. oh, Ben. Ben. Kevin Dunn. Fucking Kevin Dunn. Yeah. Hilarious. He gets yeah. a lot of great lines as he well. Really. He's so does. fucking genius. And honestly. him firing someone is my favorite part. One of my favorite parts. Whenever he gets to fire someone, it's so good. It's just <sighs> everything. It's it's a true ensemble with your leader. You know, being the cherry on the, top. Yeah, yeah. And I think the improv came in when Armando created. I'm going back to your original question, yes. which was like he didn't exactly know what the show was going to be, so we went to England for two weeks to rehearse and then kind of get chemistry. And they wanted to hear like the subtle differences in English isms versus mm-hmm. Americanisms. Mm-hmm. And so we improvised a lot in front of the writers, and then they took stuff from those improv sessions and put them in the script. And then every new draft reflected that, and that process continues now through the show so every time there's a script that's read anything that's not working we put it on its feet we put the scripts down we improvise around it we give ideas it's very collaborative they want the the characters to give ideas you stop and start you stop and start with these ideas okay yeah Yeah. Yeah. and then we like the director and the head writer will be in the room and a couple other writers who wrote the script and they'll just listen and write things down they liked or things we discover and then they'll use a lot of that in the next drafts. And so that's how we use improv. We sort of mm-hmm. use it for the things that aren't working or we play with scenes that we haven't quite figured out. And that <laughs> continues. And then on the day, if we're on time, we'll get like a fun take and you're like, okay, we got it. Here's time. Uh, right. Go do a fun one. Say whatever you want. Oh, how do you keep amazing. from, when you're doing improv, how do you keep from cracking up? You really don't. Like the Tony Hale's notoriously the one who always laughs, but occasionally... I'll break or Julie will break, but it's, it's, it's okay. You just have to reset. You can't like crack up for 30 seconds. You just, sure. you allow yourself to laugh and then you just get back at it. Right. Because you've, you started an improv in, in yeah. Chicago. Um, you guys did your work. Well, now this is common knowledge yeah. okay. stuff. And yeah. I mean, I, I'm a big upright citizens brigade. Br- br- I brigade. can speak. Got it. Uh, Uptight fan. Indian parade. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love, love that show. Now, uh, Obviously, this that happened before Amy Poehler blew yes. up. Did knowing her actually help your career? Has she ever given you a job? Uh, I was in her cartoon, and I think I've auditioned for a couple things. But I've never... Oh, and I was on Parks and Rec. So, yeah, she has, like, thrown the rope down a couple times. Sure. Right. Thrown yeah. the rope down. Yeah. I love it. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, is that how it works, though? I mean, the, the, the improv people you start out with, do, yes. do, they, do they remember? And, and That's absolutely true. When I moved to New York, I was we were doing comedy with the Upright Citizens Brigade. We moved to New York, and there were a bunch of uh, uh, Chicago improvisers who had moved to New York to write for Saturday Night Live or to write for Conan O'Brien. So when I landed there, they would hire me for, like, bit parts, and that's how I paid my rent. So it, mm-hmm. it started there. And then as as life goes on, like if somebody's a successful director, like Adam McKay was in. Mm-hmm. So it, it is true. Like if you're funny and you hang out with all these people and in their success, they're like, oh, Wall should be great for this. So, yeah, it is true. So but um, how many. So there are, are a lot of upright citizens who I've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. There are. Did it well, keep we going? started. There was 
when we moved to New York in 96, there was four of us, Matt Besser, Amy Poehler, Ian Roberts, yeah. and myself. Right. We opened a theater, and then since then, people have trained with us and spent years at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, and those people are like the next wave of like UCB people. So it right. became like right. a groundlings situation? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. It was a school to learn, and, and literally like it's so valuable to get up in front of an audience and we have great audiences and and to learn your craft. Like, like anything you do, you get your 10,000 hours. Like you just fail, Mm -hmm. you fail, you fail and you get better and you get better. And that's, and you get that immediate audience reaction. So, you know, like, Oh, that's what comedy Uh is. Or that's that's how people see you. Yes. You know, finding your own rhythm. That's right. And and it's different now because now a lot of kids in comedy break on YouTube. Right. But I feel like I'm like a grandpa. They don't get the, the time on the boards they, they're not in front right. of a live audience so what they think is funny or what people are liking right. it's not really it's not i don't think it's authentically funny like you really need to have a live audience yeah. telling you boo or yeah i yeah. want to add that yeah. to drag because this is a comparison that i was just talking about in an interview the kids that learn now in drag are learning from our show and they're learning from youtube and what they're missing they're beautiful and everything is perfectly in place but what they're missing is the school of hard knocks yes it's going out there and paying your dues that way yes flopping in front of an audience not laughing at your jokes or not tipping you or just turning around and having a drink that changes the game yes. it makes you so much more of a stronger performer as a, a comic as a drag queen and you have to pay dues in life because somewhere mm-hmm. those dues are going to be paid yeah and it if is it's so on the valuable. back end it's going to hurt yeah and it's those intangibles like it's like making a million mistakes those are so valuable but if you're like copying a drag queen from video and like repeating what they did yep. that's not an authentic voice yet, no. right you're just mm-hmm. sort of which is yeah. really valuable it's like history and you need to know that stuff but you also need to break out and find your own voice like stand-up is exactly that same art form you just need to fail and fail and fail and i also think for improv which is very collaborative it's that time afterwards when you're sort of having drinks at the bar and you're sort of developing chemistry with your teammates mm-hmm. i think that's the other intangible i think it's really valuable to sort of like like live with comedy guys or yep. like hang out with comedy people i think those are the other uh, uh, valuable elements as opposed to like breaking say, as a, a lonely YouTuber sure. and then accelerating that way. Now, as a, as a founding member of UCB, do you get a little cut back on all the little franchises around the country? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we have a school and that's what makes money. And then the theater. Oh, so you are. You're part of your yeah, founding member. Yes, so, we have two you... theaters in L.A., two in New York. Anytime you want to do monologues, we have we have a great show called Ask Cat. I would love to have you. Well, I've got a vagina and I want to do a monologue. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, so no, I love that. So you guys incorporated early on and you guys, did. you're in, in business. He's not only yes. a president, he's also he, a member. That's yes. right. Yes. Wow. But I'm not loaded yet. Like, I think I could retire when it all, when it's all said and done, I think I could retire. But like the theater tickets are like five, seven, ten bucks and the theater doesn't make money. It breaks even. But the classes we teach, that's where like we can, like we bought a building like six years ago. In Chicago. We, uh, in, in, in LA. We oh, have in a LA. theater on okay. Sunset and a theater on Franklin. On Franklin, And that's yeah. like the first time we were able to buy a building and we had to rehab it and stuff like that. So there's always like loans to pay and stuff like that. It's not like <laughs> right. we're raking it in, but right. eventually, yeah, I'll have some money to retire. Sure. Wow. That's it's brilliant. And it's smart. brilliant. Smart. It is. It's very grown up and there's emails that go back. You know, I've got to say, um, <laughs> I, you know what I mean, like really boring. You're a big boy now. Yes. yes. I, I have a, a really, um, uh, unusual crush on Ian Roberts in a way that, um, that is, 
I, that I don't feel comfortable talking about. But predictable. You find is he a, is he a type for you, or he just strikes no, you? No, no, it's not. It's not a type. Um, he, he, his, he, you know, something about the way he his energy. He pops up in all these weird yes. places, all over the place. And strangely, I'm going to say this, but don't hold me. Um, as he's put on weight, I like it a little mm-hmm. bit more mm-hmm. oh yeah i will tell him that yeah it's and i don't you know actually i scared off jonas by saying that i shouldn't say that out loud jonah, jonah uh, 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 si- uh simon's t- tim, oh, tim simon yeah. thank you I get, yeah. i'm just i'm being very just a matter of fact about oh, did you it. have I'm, him on the show and tell him that yeah and i okay. did and he and he i don't I think could, you scared him off really you think you did i think so no i think he's quirky yeah, that's just who he is. He is loving and generous and funny as fuck. Well, he I, totally got it. No, it just makes pe- it makes people feel uncomfortable. I think. If, I mean, if somebody says. Actually, my trainer this morning said to me. He said to me, "I just want to squeeze you." And I said, "You know, I think it's going to rain next week." Oh, it makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it does. I'm really? that, I am that bitch. I'm that same. I am so funny because I'm the one who usually goes, "Come on." Yeah, yeah, right. Squeeze right. Thought me. you'd never ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, uh, uh, yeah, and, you, and your career has just gone crazy in in recent years. Uh, and actually, even before Veep, mm-hmm. we we recognized you in movies and things. What and you've been directing movies too? I directed a couple improv movies. That's true. Yeah. What's an improv movie? How different oh, is that like from a, like a Chris, you know Christopher Guest film? Yes. Like, yes, uh, yes. Best in Show. Yes. And that's for your consideration. Yes. Waiting and, for yes. Guffman. Waiting for Guffman. Those are amazing. Or Spinal Tap was like the first one to well, knock like it out of the, the park. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. the gold standard. Yeah. But uh, that's the goal is like to hammer out a really solid outline of like 45 or 65 scenes and you know what has to happen, transpire and sort of a comic game to each scene. And then so you hammer that out and you, you spend time on that and then you just get funny people to say it in their own words. Mm-hmm. And so I've done that a couple of times. But you would, th- I would think you'd have a lot of spare footage on the floor yes. when you do that kind it's of like thing. It's like editing a documentary, quite frankly. Yeah. Because you have extended footage and you have a lot of, coverage and people go on tangents that you might use and then you might not but what the i think the trick is try to get people to improvise on story if you will try to improvise mm-hmm. things that you know you're going to use so if people are just being silly and riffing on like terms for genitals or things like that it's mm. like that's really funny uh-huh. but i know it's not going to make the movie so let's go back and let's try to improvise things that are loosely on story it's like tj yeah. and dave yes it's it's you know the improv play a one hour yeah play mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's the same i can't imagine i'm impressed you guys are dialed into the improv scene that's really good I well it's it it's such a fascinating thing, thing because first did of all, you ever do it did you ever i never i've oh, never be done great it at because it. you know of first of all acting is a, a, a crazy idea for me and then to then to go really? and, and do but don't improv. you embody a persona for a living sure that's yes, acting. Absolutely. Acting is a point of view and committing to that point of view. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. It's a great way it's to look true. at it. Yeah. And then in improv, I think that's what I learned is like, if you're putting these scenarios, like you're a doctor and you're on fire, whatever it is, yeah. just choose a strong point of view and just speak from that point of view. That'll right. get you out of that But I feel trouble. like improv is a little mm. more freeing in a sense yes. that when we would do it between acting classes, when I was living in New York, we would do it, a group of us started, you know, friends just started our own troop in New York City. Mm-hmm. And what I found was when you were having a hard time getting to the heart of a character or finding the character, improv freed you enough to maybe figure out things that could help with the character mm-hmm. or yes. do other things. Because you can go places with improv that sometimes you can't go as an actor because the words won't let you. Oh my God. We got yeah. Matt Walsh. So many questions to ask him. <laughs> Let's talk so, about something. I'm bored of Matt Well, Walsh. no. So it's it's, a, it's a, an amazing <laughs> we're not. topic. Okay. I'm, just, I'm always interested in, in, in people who are able to create an illusion uh, with or just... 
put you on the spot? Yeah. I, I don't know your history specifically. I know you in success only, but how did you break in the drag world? Like, what was your journey in a very simple that way? That is a great question. We're going to go to break, okay. and I'm going to answer okay. that question okay. right when we come back. Okay. Hey, ZipRecruiter is that gorgeous site where they are handing out jobs and they are not only handing out jobs, people who are looking for employee. Employees, you're right. You're right. People looking for employees. I got it. I was got somehow the word employee, I guess because I've never really worked a real job. <laughs> Probably right. The people who are looking for employees yes. go to ZipRecruiter.com and find their people usually you know you got to sift through everything and it's so hard to find people wait for them apply it's so hard but with zip recruiter you can post your job to a hundred plus job sites with just one click then with their technology super powerful it efficiently matches the right people to your job so Ruco, you're looking for 10 people to work in hr yes you post on zip recruiter specifically people that are qualified in hr yes they will send you candidates right away i love that and say we found all these people we did all the legwork here they are that is fantastic it's brilliant in fact over 80 percent of the jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours so no juggling those emails no calls to your office simply screen rate manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy to use dashboard so find out why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results and right now what's the tea listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free, free. i said free bitch <laughs> just go to ziprecruiter.com slash rue that's ZipRecruiter.com slash RU. <laughs> we are back with Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh, of course, you know from the TV show Veep, has been nominated twice for Emmys. Never and, won like yourself. I've well, never won one like you. Well, but no, you will win. You'll be snatching Thank several trophies. Thank you for trophies. hanging yes. with me. You'll Emmy be <laughs> Thank you slumming for slumming it. it. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be snatching several trophies in your long, long career. You'll be around. In fact, when people, I remember the first time I saw you, I thought, oh, I know. That's the guy from uh, uh, Upright Citizens Brigade. That is not the easiest <laughs> name. Not, not going to lie. Yeah. Name, but um, I, I bought all of those on oh. uh DVD back in the day. Well, no, I VHS. Actually, yeah, there you I, go. No, no, actually, I bought them on iTunes, so I oh. have them on my phone right now. I, oh. I just one season, but again, I think I got them mainly because I have a, a huge, um, unusual crush on Ian Roberts. That's so funny. Do you know there's a very famous uh, rugby player in Australia named Ian Roberts who was like the first gay athlete in Australia? Oh, that sounds familiar. Oh, that's, yeah, awesome. Oh, yeah. good on you, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Now, before with the break, you asked me about how does someone come up. In in the business as the uh, the queen of queens, the preeminent drag queen. And there are, obviously, there are no rules. You know, my thing was, I knew I was going to be famous. I knew I had something. I knew that people liked me. Um, the, the next step was to find a situation for for my, all of those things to come into focus for the audience. Because somebody years ago, somebody said that um, you don't find your audience, your audience finds you. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I put myself in a situation where people would go, oh, there you are. And I'd, I'd been in rock bands and um, theater and all kinds of stuff. But when I got into drag, people were like, oh, there you are. Oh, I see you now. And I was... My talent was being smart enough to hear what the universe's stage direction was telling me. Because a lot of people I started out with, you know, the universe had stage direction that they were not hearing. They said, no, I'm this. And the universe is saying, but we like you over here. And they're, no, I am this. And they never worked. 
They never yeah. did anything. So when you hit into the drag world, you got you you basically felt that exaggerated reaction that that you weren't getting from theater exactly. or rock and roll. It was like a times five or whatever you were exactly. feeling. Exactly, and that made you go, "Aha!" This it was is also it. uncharted territory because nobody has or will ever do what Rue has done and is continuing to do. It's a once in a lifetime situation. Yeah. It's, it's a Diana Ross. It's a Madonna. It's a Michael Jackson. Yeah, and it's a RuPaul. No, well, you know that's very kind. I, I it's hard to. Um, to sort of drink that in when I live in my body. Of course. I think you're like, well, you know, because even all, all the girls on our show, I can say, I could say, I could think, you know what? If you did this, that, and this, that would be a sheer, a clear shot for you to, to get to, you know, your place. Yeah. Now for Matt, Matt, for you, what, what do you think your big break was? What was the moment where it was that clear shot where it's like, bing, everybody said, oh, Matt Walsh, I get it. Uh, I think a couple moments come to mind. Like, like when you said when the universe is telling you this is what you should be doing. I did a variety show in high school. I, I was always funny and I always felt like... In Chicago. Yeah, it, when I was... Yeah, in Chicago. And uh, it wasn't like I was going to be famous, but I knew I wanted to do something that wasn't traditional. Like I came from a very traditional family and I, I always had this inert sense. And long story short, we did this variety show and that's like the first time I heard the universe because it was so funny and people were like, oh my gosh, you're so funny. I'm like, oh, this is something. Mm -hmm. But then I kind of chickened out in college. I just kind of like did one acting class and I chased psychology. And then I discovered improv classes my senior year of college and I would huh. drive into Chicago. And once I started doing improv, I had success or I had people in the classroom going, oh my gosh, you're really good at this. Mm -hmm. Then I started chasing that. And then as far as like professionally, they're like having a show on Comedy Central that we got to write and perform and that was amazing. And I think like when I was I was on The Daily Show for a year and a half. And I think like being introduced like, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Walsh, as opposed to ladies and gentlemen, the Upright Citizens Brigade. Mm -hmm. I think that was a moment where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm my own thing now, like mm -hmm. breaking off from the group. So I have memories of like that. And then I think like, I don't know, there's a show Dog Bites Man. There's some seminal mm -hmm. fans that appreciated People that. People love so I, that show. I don't mm -hmm. think I ever like exploded ever i've always just had these incremental like bigger audience or sort of bigger reception or bigger notoriety well it's it, again we talked about kevin dunn earlier who yeah. will work forever has worked yes. forever and that's you're, you've got the same career yeah you will always work now you were seriously considering becoming a psychologist yeah i got a degree in psychology and then i spent three years in chicago uh on a psych ward as like a uh, mental health worker which oh, is not as a patient no uh -huh. <laughs> no but I did some post-grad work and I was really thinking like that's what I wanted to do. But I was also doing comedy at the same time. And ultimately that was so depressing working with it like is. disturbed adolescents yeah. mm -hmm. and those people who handle those lives are saints like nurses, social yeah. workers, psychologists. Those people Unsung are heroes. doing God's work. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I mm -hmm. totally give it up to them, but I knew I couldn't do it. Where'd you right. go to college? I went to Northern Illinois University, oh. the Harvard of the Midwest. <laughs> not, yeah, not really. Wait, no, you, you, you live here in L.A.? I live in Toluca Lake. Yes, uh -huh. beautiful Toluca but Lake. But there aren't many homeless people down in Toluca Lake, are there? There are not a ton. No, there are not. Because, you know, on this side of the hill, um, it's nobody talks about It's like this wild thing. And you talked about mental health. That's why I'm thinking about it. Because yeah. a lot of the people on the street not getting the help are, they need. are, are yeah. mentally ill. But they're not getting the help they need. Yeah. What can, what can we do? What, what do you do about that? You, you said you spent some time taking care of these people. People. I think in the big picture, I think they need to train like in L.A. They've stopped treating homeless people like uh, criminals, like rousting them and throwing mm -hmm. them in paddy wagons and shipping them somewhere. But the problem is they, they just sort of 
are allowed to camp more, which has upset the residents. So it is a problem in L.A. that the residents have to, you know, we, they're upset and the politicians have to figure out. I don't have a solution, but I think training police with or having staff that's like trained in mental health as yes. opposed to cops dealing with their issues is a big step yeah. mm. or taking people. It goes to the penal system, too. I mean, like a lot of homeless people are people who get out of jail or prison and then can't get jobs because of their record. So it's it's taking people like we did a thing with Defy Ventures where you go to a prison and you meet people and they it's like Shark Tank. They pitch you ideas. Mm -hmm. And these are guys that won't get out of jail for five years or a year or whatever. And then they are awarded a $500 prize or something like that when they get out. But you're also supposed to help them when they get out to give them a job. So that's something I'm considering. It was like I have a couple places where I can employ people like that. And there's a couple guys I got to know in this recent visit to the California prison in California City. Mm -hmm. So that's a small way that I've sort of connected to that issue. It's a great way. But and it's a great group called Defy Ventures. If you ever the five venture? Defy Ventures. Oh, Defy. And you spend a day with guys in prison and they go to women's prisons, too. But like 90 percent of the people in prison in California are men. But they do go to women's prisons and you spend a day with them You t and you do all these exercises like literally like the inmates. So they have rules like. You can't, uh, you can't, the inmates can't hug you. I can hug the visitor that I'm with. Like 50 people came on a bus. So the visitors can hug each other, but it's all this positive affirmation. Like you, and then they have a line. Uh, so the prisoners on this side, inmates on this side, uh, visitors on this side. And let's say, how many people have you uh, came from a family of like intact parents? And then if you didn't, you stay back or you step forward and you just see like all these guys came from homes right. with sure. no parents. How many people... Uh, have ever been done something illegally like drunk driving, but were never arrested. And then all the successful people step forward. It shows you like, oh, I all committed right. crimes. Exactly. But I was never incarcerated. Right. And things like that. So it's just kind of like and people like us are just being very honest. And like you look around like, oh, I didn't know you, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, a retreat compacted into a day. And there's a lot of like exercises where, where applause. And then you're like you do things where you stand across from someone and you stare silently at them for like three minutes. So I met a guy named Two. Uh, his name is two long story short. We're just, and I never met this guy and he never met me. And it's like two men just like, and then the woman who ran, it was like, now just try to be vulnerable. Just literally see another human being across from you mm. and just be vulnerable. And what it did for, I think the people on our side, the visitor side is it just humanizes these guys sure. who've had a tough break and basically have been judged by the worst decision they have ever made for mm -hmm. the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And hopefully it activates all those people on the bus and here I am talking about it. And if you ever did it, it's a Defy really ventures. Defy Ventures. I highly recommend That's it. That's brilliant. Yeah, Defy. Defy. Like you're defying the odds. What defying they're teaching gravity. these guys yeah. is to defy the odds. And then they go through the guys before this retreat. They do like 60 weeks of classes where they watch videos and these like famous the inmates, the inmates. Yeah. And they learn how to like create a resume and they have to get a GED. Do they uh -huh. have to sign up for this meeting? Like, yes. And are there certain ones that won't make the cut? Yes. And they get cut if they don't attend or they don't they don't pass their test. They can't right. make it to this graduation ceremony. So we basically came in on what was considered graduation day and they we did this whole retreat. And then at the end, they got a diploma or a degree from the, uh, the program. Mm -hmm. And then some of them, their parents came and some of these people hadn't seen their parents. And or so what, what wow. did the civilians like? So you guys, how did you get involved with it? And what Can how anybody people do it? Yes. It's online. Like if you go to Defy Ventures, they have programs every week or every Part month. Part of prison reform? Yeah, it's it's an independent uh, organization, like a charity. I should know more, but it's called Defy Ventures. Mm -hmm. And I got involved because my buddy Jeff went to it and he goes to it all the time. He's like, you're going. It'll mm -hmm. change your life. It's, it's so selfishly, you get a ton out of it. 
Right. But it also plugs you into exactly like kind of the homeless issue, but this displaced sure. population in America that underserved or like we disregard those people because we don't see them. And what it does is like, oh, I'm so fortunate. These yeah. guys are yes. normal. Yeah. They made a mistake. And yet society is judging them by that mistake for the rest of their life. Meanwhile, I have driven drunk. I was never arrested. Fortunate for me, I've been able to live a life and have sure. success. So it just shows you like that kind of thing. So when you stared into two's eyes, yeah. did you did it freak you out? It did. did. It, yeah, it did. It was because first you go in and like, is it like improv? I mean, I would think it'd yeah. be something like improv. It felt like an acting exercise. Right. It really did. But it's also a stranger. And like when you go in, it's like, oh, all these guys are criminals. That's your sort of prejudice. Sure. You're going. But that goes away real quick. Yeah, you just, they're just guys. They're just human beings. And then like you're staring at this person and then I felt uncomfortable for him because he'd never met me and he was sort of like trying not to look at me. So it's like this silent acting exercise. But ultimately, by the end of it, you just drink in another person's life. Yeah. Yeah. And you just sort of accept them. And there's a woman who's walking up and down the line. Just just be vulnerable. Just know that this is another human being. You're here to connect to that human being. Maybe this is a special connection that when this person gets out, you might want to stay in contact with them. But like, don't you believe that, though, do you, or do you believe that there's sort of a cutoff time, a window of, of, of a person's ability to be flexible or to be malleable? You know, isn't there a... a is there I always thought, thought it was like 40 if you haven't done the work before 40 and you're setting your way you, you, you know it rigor mortis was set in yeah you know what I mean so you're talking about the ability to rehabilitate some well, of these not gentlemen? just not rehabilitate but to be open to be to show that vulnerability that the woman is talking but about. you know what's weird is you there's also group contagion like I'm sure these guys walking in the room had no idea they were going to do it but I think there's like all these other dudes are doing it. All these other big, strong, tough people are doing it. The inmates. The inmates. There's like these moments where everybody, get, you stand in the circle and people give you an applause. And it's almost, it's a little bit of trickery because it's, all right, everybody applaud this person. Or I can't remember yeah. the exercise. Right. And lo and behold, you don't think it's going to affect you, but yeah, it does. It does. It does. So I think it sneaks up on you. Like, I do think they are hardened men who, you know, aren't open necessarily. But I also feel like, and they do exercises at the end where you're, they give you a ticket. The guys give you a ticket, which shows that, like, I want to, the woman who ran the thing said, uh, all right, you have 10 tickets. Give them to the people who you felt were special or people who, who you felt were awesome. Basically. Mm. It's just like a kid's game almost, really. Mm-hmm. And so these big guys were all, I'm going to give you a ticket. And, and you, look in their, you look in their eyes and, all, and they're just supposed to say, uh, you are good or something. I forget yeah, what they're supposed yeah. to say. And this guy too gave me all 10 of his tickets. Aww. Oh my goodness. Yeah, which was sweet. Sexist, yeah. but are women there with you or is it just men? There are men and women. No, the, the, the population of visitors was like, I don't know, 30% women or something. My wife went with me. Okay. So it is women. But again, it, there's, uh, it's just exercises and like, I think we were there for like 10 hours. That's a long time. Yeah. And did you have to eat prison food? Uh, they brought in Domino's. Okay. Yes, which was better, which was better than their lunches. I said, right. what do you guys eat here? And the guy got me a sample and it's like a wrapped up piece of turkey in plastic and you take the plant and then a wrapped up piece of bread and you take, like they make, you their meals are pretty standard boring. Do it yourself yeah. meals. Yeah. Right, right. But wow. it was educational and yeah. I highly recommend it for anybody. No, it's, it's a great, it's a great thing. Uh, especially, you know, you, especially you get to understand that, uh, talk about gratitude in your own life. You know, we've all had it. So I've done lots of things and have never been arrested. I haven't been arrested. But you could yet. have, right? I, You've oh broken the law. Yeah, you know, um, once, I've never been arrested, but I've hung out at prisons for conjugal visits. Yeah, well, that, that's different. That's did it go different. Well, what I did very well. Yeah. How many tickets did you get? I got um 127. <laughs> Do you oh, kill in man. prison? Do you kill no, in no. prison? I didn't, I didn't kill. I, no. no, I mean like. 
You oh, do yeah. well. That's oh, your demographic. Oh, I killed it in prison. Prisoners oh, yeah. love no, she, in J-Lo, She's like J-Lo in prison. I am. Yeah. I'm the Madonna of the prison yeah. system. Yes. I am. That's me. A lot of fans. Yeah? Don't know who my children's fathers are, yeah, but that's no, okay. But that's okay. Yeah. You're an 11 in prison. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Behind bars. Oh, hey, girl. Yes. We're going to go to a break. We've got Matt Walsh. I want to talk about your family because you told me that your your, your son Jude is yeah. a fan. Yes. Okay, I want to talk about that. Great. We're going to go to a break. We'll be right back. Now, Squarespace is the place to go when you want to make yourself a website. You want everybody to know what you're about, what your products are, what your art is like. You go to Squarespace for that. Absolutely. And we've got another letter here, baby. Oh. This one is from David J. Anderson, a 30-something gay guy living in London, my favorite place. I love London. Oh, isn't it amazing? Um, I've been thinking about it for a while, setting up my own website, and I recently gone for it. I started a blog called Album A Week Blog, where I listen to an album every week that has been suggested by my friends and then write a post about it incorporating tidbits about my life and how the album has fit into my week i love that idea i knew you would i absolutely knew you would uh when it came time to create my site i wanted to find a platform that was quick and easy to use a long time listener i heard you mention squarespace once or twice it was so pain-free um to use and i managed to, to set up a site which was perfect for my needs and he said the first album he wrote about for a site was Gin- um the ginger snapped it's jinx's new album oh great and uh you could check it out at davidja.com davidja.com i'd love if you and Michelle could suggest an album for me. Oh, I know what you're going to do. Barbara Streisand, Guilty. Oh, I love it. That's a great, that a great album. One? Oh my goodness, that's a perfect album. Okay. Yes. Um, I love it. See, you know, these, these creative people who, who listen to our podcast and who want an outlet for their work or for, for their point of view, Squarespace is perfect for it them. It is. So David, Barbara Streisand, Guilty, and I'm going to recommend Beauty and the Beat by the Go-Go's. Oh, great, great choices. DavidJA.com. Keep the emails coming in at RuPaulPodcast at gmail.com. And when you guys are ready and you're ready to buy a website and you want to confirm a plan, use that offer code RU to get 10% off of squarespace.com. You're going to be getting a great deal. It's squarespace.com, offer code RU. Now, Blue Apron is a fabulous, fabulous storyline because they send fresh food to your house. Yes. And you cook that up as if you were a gourmet chef. Yeah, you're actually doing the cooking. I tweeted something, a picture of my, the recipe Card. They give you like yes. a card, uh-huh. but it's like an eight by 10 card. Okay. So you can put it in front of you. All the ingredients are on there. It tells you step by step with pictures, how to mm-hmm. cook it. Last night, what's we did, the Visage got cooking? Well, last night, Visage got cooking chicken burgers oh. with black garlic. Oh, why got to be black? And why the black China sister, black garlic. <laughs> black China sister, black garlic. <laughs> she put her in the chicken burger uh-huh. and then um, sweet potato fries. Oh, I love and those. And it had ginger, but I left the ginger out of it because my kids don't like ginger. What is wrong with your kids? That sounds delicious they're teenagers yeah you didn't like no ginger well no you're right and that's the beauty of Of cooking it yourself and cookies and blue apron because you get to customize the the recipes they give you the groundwork and it's beautiful but you know you you customize it to what your 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 taste buds are and not only that i'll go in every week and they you know they automatically give you meals that are coming up and they pick the ones from your tastes in the past of what yeah. you might have liked. And I'll go in there and go, no, my kids won't like that. I'm going to switch no. it out with that. Okay. And that's what's so fantastic. Variety, tons of variety, new recipes created weekly, not repeated within a year. You can choose your meals, like I said, on the app. Cust- customize your recipes each week based on your preferences. And it each comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card. Get $30 off your first order by going to blueapron.com slash rue. That's blueapron.com slash ru. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. We've got Matt Walsh, you know him from Veep and Upright Citizens, 
Brigade. Well, in the Upright Citizens Brigade, you're you're a founding member. Do you guys have um, uh, you know board meetings to discuss properties? Yeah. So you properties. see, you <laughs> see, we own, we pay rent everywhere, and we have a loan with a bank, and we sort of own a building. And how own. often do you see the other three members, Amy Poehler and Ian Roberts and Messner, Matt Besser? Wait, what is my brain doesn't get that one. Yeah, Matt, Matt Besser, Matthew Besser, Matt. Besser. Yes. My brain, you know, my brain won't get that. Yes, That's interesting. Matt Besser. Besser. Like yeah. Joe Besser from the Three Stooges. Yeah, okay. Um, how often do you guys see each other? Well, uh, I see Matt Besser a lot. He lives in the Valley, and uh, we do a show like once a week called Ask Cat, where we improvise around our guest monologist, which is the show I invited you to do. And then Ian lives way up in... Where you, wait a minute, back up. Gas monologist? What, what? A guest monologist. So we do a show that's been running for 20 years called Ask Cat, where every week we have a guest monologist. We host the show. It could be somebody like you. It could be an actor. It could be a sports okay, person. But what is what is that word? A guest monologist. Somebody who does monologue. A storyteller. Oh, a monologue. Monologist. A guest person. A person. A guest who does monologues. Yes. And they're called a guest monologue. Guest monologist. I'm guess like saying. Is that a is that a real word? Is that a word? Somebody like. I it bet up. it is. Yeah. I'm sure it is. Yeah. A guest monologist. Yes. Oh. So we get a suggestion from the audience, and we'll bring out the guest. And the audience will say peppermint bark or whatever. And then that oh, person on stage, yeah. yeah, the person on stage will go, the peppermint bark makes me think of Christmas. Oh, when I was in college, I didn't go oh. home for Christmas. They do a story that's like five to seven minutes. Oh my God, that's my and career. Then we, yeah, and then we do scenes, the improvisers on the back wall. And when they're done, we come out and sort of deconstruct elements of that story. And we just do improvised scenes from that story. Oh. Yeah. I'm trying to, how would you spell it? Monologist? Guest, guest monologist. Or just, no, guest oh, is one word. Oh, monologist. It's two words. Monologue. Uh, monologist. I got it. Okay. So person yeah. who does monologues. Yeah. I was putting it all together. Like, yeah, me too. Like yeah, guest monologist. I say it together. Guest monologist. Yes. Got it. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about, um, so you do see the other members and you guys get together for corporate, um, um, you yeah. all dress up like Joan Collins <laughs> and, and go to a boardroom and talk about- Smoke cigars, smoke drink cigar. brandy, put our shoes on the table, yes. <laughs> boss people around who we don't know their names. And plot out the, the trajectory of the- Domination use, of, of the improv comedy universe. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, one of the things, I want to talk about your family, but one of the things okay. you mentioned when you came into the room is that we have this um, peppermint bark here. Now, Michelle- Introduced me to peppermint bark, but you haven't tried it yet. I haven't tried it right now. Um, now there's a lot on the market. Everybody does it, but the original Mac Daddy is William Sonoma, and of course Hagen does does bark and uh, peppermint bark ice cream, but it only comes out at Christmas time. Okay, and. Oh, um, Hagen Dust does a, uh, their own version. DeAndre, come and get some of this peppermint bar. Come get some peppermint bar. Now, I've never had it before, so this will be the first time I've ever Sorry. had. Now, Matt, you've had peppermint bark before. Go. Yeah. Tell me your thoughts. I like it. Walk yeah. me through it. So, my question is: it's it's chocolate and white chocolate. Dark chocolate, white chocolate. Mm -hmm. Oh, dark chocolate. Ooh. That's good. Mm, which is mm, healthier mm, for you. That's good. I've got little crumbles of peppermint. Little candy. pieces of broken peppermint oh, yeah. on top. Peppermint stick. That's yeah. great. Mm -hmm. Or like a candy cane. Oh, it's nice. It is that's nice. Great. Chocolate part has milk oh. in it. You do? I don't think so. No. I think it's just the candy cane. It's dark chocolate, white chocolate, candy cane. Mm. Mm. You know what though? He's right. Because if you just bite mm -hmm. unless unless when they bake it, the oil comes out of the candy right. cane. Possibly. But if you just bite chocolate, you do get a peppermint hit. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. It's very nice. But I think it's because it's all made together. You're but right. and do you stockpile it when you um, when, during this season? I do stockpile it. Um 
my children don't love it as much right. as my husband and I, which yeah. is dangerous. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. not really crazy into mint. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I stockpile at Williams-Sonoma because once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. Mm. Same thing with the Haagen-Dazs. Like, oh, you sound like QVC now. I know, Just like I'm the McRib. Uh -huh. Just, Just like, like the, the McRib. McRib. It's, it's exactly it's like the McRib. And also, yeah. the Shamrock Shake only and the comes out the Shamrock in March. Shake. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. April 1st, it's gone. Another pepperminty. Now on seasonal. on on Veep, um, Kathy and Jimmy plays yes. your wife. Yes. You guys love her, I'm sure. Love yeah. Kathy. You know what? I'm gonna tell you a story about Kathy and Jimmy. Okay, I got to know her over 20 years ago. We worked on something, and uh, I learned then that she's from San Diego. I'm from San Diego, and we start got oh. to talking about our lives in San Diego. And I I don't know how we got onto this, but we talked about a club down there, an all ages club down there back then called basin street it's called basin street so and it was like a teen club it was a teen club because okay. you know back then in california you had to be 21 to drink it was different in atlanta was you had to be 18 anyway uh she talked about this i said i went to basin street and she as she's talking she said yeah me and my friend so-and-so used mo to go Gaff mo gaffney well they, they were friends but this is be this earlier is, yeah because um who was just on this episode of veep yes mo gaffney well um let me tell you this as she's telling me the story about Basin Street, I remember seeing her there. No, you don't. I swear to God, if there's a God in heaven, I swear I saw. I, I hope and I'll is. tell you why. I'll tell you why. Are you the same age? Uh, she's. A, I think she's a year younger than me. Okay. Uh, but I think this is the thing. You're aging better. Than I, her. Well, oh, uh, you know. Matt. That's not a slam on Kathy. I'm well, just building you. Ruse, Rue. Rue. Listen, yeah. I because and I'm like this. I was the first person at the club when it opened th that night okay first person at the club right the second people at the club was this girl who wore a patch um a patch it was a green sort of quilted patchwork uh skirt uh -huh. that was so this is the all, 70s this is 1978 this that is, would explain a patchwork yeah, skirt yes yeah, skirt yeah. that went it was all the long way down skirt? to long skirt that yep. all went a maxi that went all the way through the floor and it sort of swung around it was sort of um draped wow. like, like a, a line kind of so a line you, yeah. exactly and she i think in my mind's eye she had um a feather roach clip in her hair you know, one of those. I was big in the eighties too. Yeah, feather yep. roach clip that came yep. down here. And this girl, she was a big girl, and she was dancing. I remember, and she was with a taller, a taller white guy, and they were dancing. And I was the only other person in the club because it was the first. So there's the, three of you. Three Sounds of like a very so hopping club. I remembered, and I think they were dancing to Sylvester Dance Disco Heat, and. As she's telling me the story, this is 20 years ago that she told me this because we were at the club in 78, maybe So she 79. remembered it. She didn't remember me, but she told me about, she told me she would dance. She told me about the patchwork thing, yeah. skirt, and that's when I put it together. Wow. That's crazy. And this was, it would have been 78 because I turned 18 in November of 78, which 78 or it could have been 79. It's a club called Basin Street. Anyway, we've been friends ever since. Yeah, she's now, awesome. You're married. How is your wife similar to Kathy and Jimmy? That's a In long way life? around the block to get. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that you could flash to that outfit. Like that's a sense memory that you had. Like she's that, got that, uh, that crazy memory. That's like pretty that. cool. But yeah. well, the, the thing about it, it was a, it was a gay club. Yeah. And that it was it was one of my first clubs to go to, and I remember being terrified. I went by myself, and it was such a. a, a 
pivotal moment in my life that I remembered everything about it. Yeah. And I remember uh, being afraid But of you weren't being that in there. scared. You were went alone. You know how ballsy that was? Well, it, it was, especially yeah. in my own hometown because I had lived in Atlanta. I had gone to clubs in Atlanta. Right. I'd done lots of stuff. And then coming back to San Diego to do it, it was it was just stuck in my memory. Mm-hmm. And I remember her, because she was dancing in a way that made her skirt, this A-line skirt that right. was to the floor. Flare out. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. I remember it. That's amazing. And so what, what, what do you, you, you have, you're in bed with her in certain yes. scenes. Yes. What is that like when you, when you. It's professional. What is it? Yeah. <laughs> do you ever get a little bit excited when you're in no. bed with someone no, like that? God, no, no, yeah. no. So those scenes, like even in, uh, I've done other scenes, like I had a scene with Anne Heche in bed. Like those scenes are very professional. Yeah. There was, I did a movie where a woman I just met who was like 20 years younger than me had to sit on my lap topless. Sure. And it was like, hey, this is Karen. Okay, guys, get in the car. Like yeah. that quick of an I introduction. I know it's methodical. Yeah. It's always very professional, I think. And methodical. Because I'm a little, yeah, methodical. But, but you're a man and visually men are stimulated. Yes. I mean, you've had massages. You you've had massages yeah. where all of a sudden it's like, damn it. I didn't want I'm this to happen. I'm getting, I'm getting excited. But it just felt so good. Yeah. How do you talk I to try, yourself? You just remain professional. Like, yes, of course. Yeah, but your dick doesn't remain woman. professional. <laughs> no, no disrespect to your wife. I guess you think of something else. Like, you're in control of your dick. Uh, not all the time. Well, right. your dick has a mind of its own. Sometimes you it guys does. can go over a bump in the car and get a hard. Well, of yeah, course. True. Yeah. Of course. So you have yeah. a topless 20-year-old girl grinding on your penis. What do you do? Think about... You put a War? you put a, a love pillow between you. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. That, right. So there's no right. friction between the genitals. That helps. Yeah. I I always ask for that. How okay. many hours was that scene? It was quick. It was like it was, an hour. Yeah, right. It was, it was nothing. Yeah, well, it was tits? like a couple nice of... tits. Were they real? <laughs> yes, they were real. Yes. Uh, What's the actress's name? I don't remember. <laughs> You've never seen her again. No. So she was just maybe she was. Would a, you recognize? She was a local hire in a okay. lineup. It was in Chicago. Okay. It oh, okay. was in a Viola Davis movie. Oh. Yeah. That's what, what's the, oh, it's coming out. Yeah, called Widows. You called her Viola. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Does she say Viola? I say, we say Viola. I say everything yeah. wrong. I say monologist. I say things I, wrong. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's my Chicago. Maybe they, maybe they call her Walla. Maybe it's Walla Davis. Yes. <laughs> Walla! <laughs> Viola. What's your wife long? How, how long you been married? Mm, I think we've been married eight years. Ah. Uh. And Way to go with the thing. We've been together for like twelve. Well, we had a kid first, and then we got married. We yeah. did it like. Do you know Hollywood who the father style. is? I'm the father. <laughs> oh, I'm. F- well, there was so a scene that you just did in Veep, and it was so funny. It was Kathy and Jimmy's birthday, uh-huh. and they, he was in the midst of this crazy shit. Oh yeah, I know. the yeah. storm uh-huh. and everything. He goes, he goes, and she goes, "Oh yeah, by the way, sorry about your birthday. I'll figure mm-hmm. it out." And he just mm-hmm. leaves, and mm-hmm. she's sitting there like, "Okay." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It's so traditional marriage type of situation yes it is it yeah. read so and she, we have like three it. adopted kids but uh and how did you meet your wife i met her in uh at the upright citizens brigade i was doing a movie in new york living in la and she was living in la and came out to new york for vacation and she stumbled into the ucb theater we did a midnight show and back then i was i was single i was probably fatter and i was smoking cigarettes on stage and i was it was like a midnight show where i didn't care mm. and somehow she uh when the show, I noticed her. She's very pretty. I noticed her. And then at the end of the show, I came out. I'm like, where's that woman that you know that was in the audience? And then she came back downstairers because she forgot her coat. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. How cute is this? Mm-hmm. A connection. That's, that's an ongoing disagreement. Is she an actress? She is an actress, yeah. 
have would I know her if I saw her? Uh, she pops up in like uh, oh, I'm gonna blank. Bank now. commercials. And- <laughs> she's done some commercials. You're handing me. Oh, mm. she's in. Uh, oh, stop. <laughs> this isn't related, mm, is it? Mm, mm. And 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 you oh, yeah. how, and you've got how many kids? We have three kids, and my oldest Jude. I wanted to show you his Halloween costume. Did you say you. they were adopted? Are no. they biological? No, the show, on the they're the biological. Show. Yes. Oh, yeah. Kathy and I on the show have like three, three Chinese children. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I haven't. Th- my son Jude. Haven't gotten there yet. Thanks. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen every show, but we've seen. And Jude for Halloween went as Kim Kartrashian. Oh, look at that. Oh, my. Oh. Oh, How look at all that. Jude is 10. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Look at. Oh, now that's Jude. Yes. Now, who put Jude up into drags? He did his own thing. Really? He carved it up himself. I'm like, what are you going to be for Halloween? He's like, I want to be Kim Kartrashian. Yeah. May have been inspired by watching some it. of your episodes. I love it. And what what did he use for the buttons? Balloons. Oh, balloons. Balloons for the butt. <laughs> that could not have lasted very long. Not if it actually down. held out for the whole... He was worried about them popping. Yeah. Well, you get the real badonkadonk there. I guess if he's oh, walking... Oh, my goodness. Wow. It won't pop. It's only... Yeah. <laughs> and of Isn't course, that great? You know, he has artistic parents so yeah. it wasn't an, it wasn't even an issue did he have to discuss like oh my god what are my friends gonna think you no think? nothing like that. that like we're not fortunate but we don't care yeah we yeah. love it and i i uh when he he started to like wear like girl stuff for halloween so i would always wear girl stuff for halloween with him because it's fun and, uh-huh and uh so no no issue and it's california i, I yeah it's all good yeah i think yeah and you have uh two younger we have ones. yeah we have emmett who is eight he was ballerina man. Oh my goodness! And then Lovely. Cece, of course, the traditional uh, princess. I, I don't know which one. Your youngest is the yeah, daughter, is the girl. Gorgeous. Yeah. Where Where is that? Is somebody's Toluca backyard? Lake. Toluca Lake. We're, oh, Toluca we're on the Lake street. Do you ever go down to Patty's? Full size candy. You, you, you did Patty's. What you did full size candy. Oh yeah, in Toluca you get the full size candy yeah. bar. Oh, so Patty's what, is. What do you order? You'd to. order the the BLT with avocado. I go uh, Reuben. I'm, oh, a, the Reuben. I'm old school Reuben or uh-huh. a Patty Melt. Like yeah. I go the place or that breakfast. We used to love, we used to love Moe's. Moe's. Yeah. Oh, it's no longer there. It's not there no. anymore. No. That was our favorite place I to go and get the place. Barfala yeah. pasta. How old are your kids, by the way? 15 and 17. Oh, groany, groan. Yeah. Girls. Oh. Awesome. I love Toluca Lake so much. You know, I was watching Rockford Files the other night and he he drove past Patty's. And I thought, oh, wow. It's amazing. That's awesome. Patty's has been there, I think. Probably since the 50s or something. Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's another good one in Toluca Lake, or maybe it's Burbank, called Tallyrand. Have you ever yes. been Oh, yeah, the Tallyrand. That's a diner, yeah. though. I love that. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, Patty's a diner, too, but oh, I just too. discovered Tallyrand. Tallyrand's amazing. You know what's yeah. really good is Healthica on Lancashire, right across it. You know where Little it's Tony's is? That God, Italian I live the blocks from there. From Little Tony's? Yeah. Well, well um, Healthy Cut, it stands for Healthy California. They're only open on weekdays. And they have these salads and sandwiches that are to die for. I'm not lying. <laughs> on Lancashire. It's on Lancashire. Or Vineland. It, no, okay, okay. Vineland and Lancashire come together yes. at a point, and that's where Little Tony's is, yes. people. And then it comes to a point at Car- Camarillo. Camarillo. But, but Healthy Cut is. On Lancashire, it's it's just south of Camarillo Dude, on Lancashire. These are Deep Valley references. Yeah. Did you like spend a lot you know, of time I used to in the live, Valley? I used to Big live. I used okay. to live over in Lake Hollywood for many years, ah. and I and I did all of my human stuff over in Toluca Lake and Burbank. Yeah, because it's, it's like another city. It's, it's so lovely. funny yeah. because as a New Yorker, 
and you're originally from San Diego, so you understand North, South, East, and West. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm dumb. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying as a New Yorker, it was always the far right or the near right, close right. Right. It was never North, South. So when people tell me... Even like, today. I cannot figure out what Well, east there's west. a big mountain that goes through the city, so you know if it's either north of the mountain or south of the mountain. Well, yeah. which way is north or south? Well, Is the, the valley sun, north or south? The valley is north of us. Okay. Yeah, and you're... you're Okay, and then the, the mountain range. I live at Thousand Oaks, so I'm away okay, from Okay, so everything. the Hollywood sign is splits up I don't LA in it, half. But I never see the Hollywood sign. It's okay. nowhere near my life. Well, the sun comes up in the east. And yes. sets, sets in, the in the west. Right. Yeah. Uh, what the sun's not? It's too much smog. <laughs> and don't tell me about no water because right. I don't see the ocean. Yeah, I guess, I guess maybe it's you because just I'm from know. here. So you tell me at east side of the street, I'm like, is that the right or the left? I literally right. have no idea. But the, yeah. you guys, in Chicago, my husband's like from we're Chicago. Like we're south, we're south of the hills. Like the hills are, that's north. Like right if, now we're right south. Now we're right south. in Beverly hills? hills, yeah. Beverly Hills is south. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's south. So just, if you look up towards the mountains, you're generally looking north whenever you're in exactly. LA. Exactly, yeah. 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 Okay. Talk to you later. Next time, bye. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Amen.